Welcome to the Board and DE Podcast, and now your host, Tucker. What's happening, everybody? It's your man, Tuck, from Board and DE. Got my co-host, Jarrell, with me, and we're sitting here with my homie, Jamil, Mr. Soul in Print. How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I didn't need that long of an intro. Just say, hey, it's Jamil. (laughs) <laughs> oh nah man i got told the mr soul printing there man we, we we was in the trenches back from the early 90s and stuff so yeah you know, i gotta speak on that well you know what man you know uh that was uh, a good time a very good time because you know uh that's one of those things where uh, you start experimenting with stuff that you never know is going to be today's sound. Right. And uh, you was there uh, when you saw it come together. And you saw it did what the roots say when things fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and with your permission, I'm going to you know touch on some of that because I want the whole journey and everything. I want the oh, whole bro, journey listen. from everything. What you what we used you, to deal with and used to talk about. And things of that yes. sort. Yes. So, um, you know, um, we're going to, you have my permission on air to talk about anything. Uh, this is my first podcast. So I've never shared any of this. But for, for starters, <laughs> tell the people who may not know who you are. Well, uh, I'm Jamil uh, from 28th Latino Apartment M. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Turn the fan around frontwards, turn it around backwards, you know, um, third floor. And uh, I'm I'm a lover of uh, soul music, under hip-hop, and backpack uh, rap, you know what I mean? Soul imprint, uh, the name came from. Okay, so, you know, uh, a lot of people, I, I don't like to glorify this, but you know, me hanging in the street and doing what I thought that I was supposed to be doing at the time. So, uh, you know, I was in a little cypher and smoking weed, you know, uh, with some of my friends that was, you know, selling hope to people. And uh, so we was in, you know, it was my turn to smoke some weed. And it was just this name that just kept coming up, and, you know, because I just kept praying for a change. It was this name that kept coming up. And uh, it was so imprint, so imprint. So, uh, you know, back then, uh, Delaware never had uh, a uh, a a music scene that was respected. So I used to have to hop the uh, you know regional rail uh, to go straight to Philly, and so uh, you know I just had this name written down on a piece of paper, and uh, you know I didn't know where it was coming from, so I I, I didn't know what it was up with it. So then you know uh, I just kept praying and praying. And uh, it finally came to me uh, when I was uh, in the cipher, and uh, there it is, you know. So hold on, I- I'm trying to. So that that eureka <laughs> moment, like you know how lit you had to be in the middle of the cipher, like <laughs> so. Lit, I got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> to me, that's how it plays out. <laughs> well. well. Well, 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 you know, everything had to be sold because I grew up in a soul household. My mom and my dad, they like, they took me through so much music because of what they was going through in life. So therefore, when that happened, I was just like, all right, 
what's this? What's that? My dad like, oh, you listening to that? Well, what about this? You don't know about this. And I'm like, man, come on, man. So, you know, uh, everything. So somewhere in my journey, soul had to be uh, available within my life because I knew uh, what I saw my mom go through, through bad times and good times. Just everybody in my family, they're always doing some type of soul music. Mm. So what came after the the cypher and soul imprint was it the magazine or was it the the uh oh he jumping for well, well hold on hold on you mm-hmm. you skipping something here okay okay my so fault. uh <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh because you know I, I think the youth need to hear about this because of the peer pressure that was given to me and what i was told when i thought outside the box so you know you know when it came my time to uh, get the medicine sent to me, you know, in a cipher, a circle, um, you know, they I told these guys what I wanted to do. And uh, they was like, you know, you too dumb to be doing that. And, Damn. you know, they was just like, you know, you too dumb to be doing that. You need to just, you know, deal with this. And this was during that, that you know, that ready rock crack era, you know what I mean, where, you know, people was just. I, I'm you know, so sorry, like, but I have to ask: What did you tell them you wanted to do? Uh, I told them that I had a dream. I started. I was going to start my own magazine, oh. and uh, yeah, you know, they told me I was too dumb for that. You know, and, and I mean, I also had to look at the type of energy that I was letting off to them as well. One is just there for you know. I just had to, you know, see. I had to kind of do a self uh, examination as well. So. Uh, you know, I, I stepped out on faith, hopped on MySpace, and just started uh, exploring the type of music that I knew. And this was around the time where mainstream hip-hop, well, hip-hop had one mainstream. So everything had to start over for me, like my sound that I, you know, in my ear and everything. And uh, around that time, Neo Soul was just stepping in. And, uh, you know, a lot of artists were starting to do uh, a lot of stuff, uh, what they call white label music, would be more underground and independent. And that's where I started changing my ear to go independent and underground and as well as Neo Soul music. Mm. Wow. Yeah, see, see I, that that I didn't know. Cause I think yeah, when like, I came to you, the magazine was established, and you know I was in the stripping game, so I was just listening to music. But you always <laughs> was a connoisseur. That <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> so you yeah. on MySpace, you searching out new music yes. and everything like that. When was the um, what was the next step after that? Um, the next step was uh, I met um. This uh, manager, she worked for uh, Spit Kicker, and Spit Kicker was um, pretty much De La Soul Tribe Called Quest's manager. So, you know, I was just in search for different music, just so much. So, um, she was trying to get on the comedy side because she was pretty much done with hip hop, and then OK, OK Player was coming in. So, Spit Kicker was before OK Player. You know, mm. they pretty much let you know what was going on. And, uh, you know, uh, they that was it. Like, you got with Spit Kicker, you was jumping. So, Spit, uh, so one of the managers from Spit Kicker was, uh, you know, I was just in the inbox, MySpace, you know, once again, learning from Tuck how not to be thirsty, but it wasn't worth it. So I was just excited. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. 
uh, that's what you do. You you in the music, so you know how can I uh, start interviewing people? Like how can I get next to the artists? So um, th their uh, manager uh, told me to just start posting up videos on MySpace. So then after a while, she didn't have time. So she just started throwing me videos, throwing me videos. I started putting them up and putting my opinion on it before I knew it, I had a following. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then after that, I was uh, trying to figure out the next step. And the next step was to write my first article and uh, write my first review on an album. And that was hard. <laughs> what was your first album review? <laughs> uh, my first album review was uh, Phil Nash, Jazzy Jeff's artist. And uh, me and Phil Nash are now working together on some projects. And that'd be something else I got to tell y'all because I'm, I'm still involved in it. So mm -hmm. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got other people in front of me now. So was the album that. good? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Actually, it actually was. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I listened to it. I listened. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The first one was Gerard Anthony. He going to kill me. Gerard wow. Anthony. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gerard Anthony was the first one. Yep. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Gerard. Please do not be my ex. So anyway, um, Gerard Anthony was the first one. Uh, Gerard Anthony was doing, um, you know, a whole lot of touring. And he was trying, he wanted to get in our area. So he was just linking up with a dude named George Little John, where I knew nothing about at the time. Um, and uh, he was linking up with George Little John. So Gerard Anthony had um, got a deal with Universal. It was the same uh, situation that Patti LaBelle had, you know, as far as a single, but Patti LaBelle had the backing to go independent. So this is like my first dealings with independent because I'm thinking you sign a deal and, you know, you get all this money and everything like that. But I never saw the side of independent directly. So it so doesn't work out like that? <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, you know, you know, so that happened. So Gerard, we was, uh, you know, he was going from Virginia to D.C. to Chicago, all these places. And he was, uh, you know, just making sure that he got his album out to all the record stores. Like he was like sending them joints off. You know what I mean? like pressing them himself and sending them off it, and, and he was going on promo tours as well with them performing at the record store so you know Gerard was like yo I'm gonna be in New York man you know I ain't got a lot of money but I can make sure you eat so I was like cool so you know in the meantime I was like I'll tell you what I'm gonna write a review he said write a review press up some magazines and we're gonna go to SOB's backstage for Eric Roberson, and then I'm gonna make sure Eric Roberson get a copy of the magazine. Wow. So I was like, it's probably not gonna be a full magazine, but you know, I just have the write-up. So he said, look, make sure you make a copy of the write-up. So I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, at the time, my mom, I was back at my mom's house, so I ain't, you know, my mom ain't had no air conditioning. I had uh, this, took the last bit of money I had to buy this computer. And uh, yeah, I went to Circuit City to get it. 
So, you know, Circuit City was on 202. That was where you got all the albums and everything. That was, in, you know, a big, uh, they were in competition with Best Buy. So I went in there, uh, I put the window up. I just needed to be in that element of just, you know, how I was gonna start. Um, I started reading other, I read the source, cause I was, you know, I got a big collection of source, XXL, Live Magazine. Started reading that, before I know it, I stayed up, just listened to the song, taking it in, and I wrote a review. I sent it to Gerard, he was like, damn bro, you did this before? I was like, no. So then right there, I knew it was a rat, you know? We went to New York, um, Gerard ain't had no money. I ain't had no money. <laughs> I had to sleep on his floor at his hotel room. You know, it was crazy. We finally got to Eric Roberson and, you know, me, Eric Roberson, uh, you know, met him for the first time. And Eric Roberson loved him. Gerard was, you know, uh, in there performing for Eric Roberson right there. But Eric Roberson never even met this dude before. And so you had to have talent. You know, he went in, performed for Eric Roberson. Eric Roberson let him up on stage, man. I sold, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Soul Town. Yeah, I think it was Soul Town. And that was it, man. Eric Roberson tore it down. Then uh, <laughs> we came back to Delaware again. So... Uh, Gerard had one home for a little bit and he was like, yo, man, I gotta go back out there because I got some meetings. You coming? So we went to the ASCAP office. The ASCAP and office was an experience. That. Take us after that. Yeah. Uh, so after that, um, he went, we, you know, he said, all right, man, we gotta hit the street because we can't go back, uh, you know, uh, over, uh, we can't go back and see, you know, we can't meet up with George till later on. So I was like, cool. So we went to uh, Fat Beats. My first time I, you know, seen them all online and everything, but I never been to that historical, uh, you know, uh, record store. And uh, so Gerard went in there and everything like that. And they gave him consignment on his music. And I was just like, dang, that's how it worked. And he was like, yeah, that's how it worked. So after that, um, it was, um, I had got introduced to a new project. It was the Talib Kweli, a Madlib project. Mm. And, uh, you know, I started hearing it and, uh, they was in there playing like a whole bunch of underground stuff, even still. And I was just like, yo, I'm here. I arrived. I'm home. So, uh, you know, after that, um, you know, um, I still had it, uh, you know, so. I, I was online and, uh, you know, Tanae, um, Tanae Johnson had reached out to me and I know Tanae for a long time. Tanae was um, the first person that I knew that was uh, doing um, any parties or anything like that in Dell State. And she was the first one to uh, put my name on a flyer and, uh, you know, and boom, you know, Went from there, um, and uh, let me make sure I get this order right. So then after that, you know, she asked me what I was doing, and uh, I was already starting to go back and forth with some people uh, that I had met offline, and uh, that somebody had connected me with somebody that was around the way that was doing stuff that I didn't even know. 
and um you know and we were uh trying to write a movie about my life i'm still going to work on that so i'm gonna keep it a secret <laughs> so <laughs> and it was just you know about uh at the time it was about a kid you know trying to get into the scene but now with other parts of it that have been added in as well so i gotta keep that to the side so uh yeah so we met uh so nay i uh, was like yo i got somebody i want you to meet after her party that she had it was a uh, it was a club off of uh 13 uh downtown everybody used to go there used to be there on uh i ain't trying to put your business out there but you used to be there so <laughs> are you talking about uh tps or dinos something like that nah uh, on it was 13. by the riverfront 13 right across from the gas station oh, next to shop okay right. yeah yeah um yeah wow i forgot the name a lot of so, weed yeah, smoking so folks. Nate, a lot of weed smoking. Hmm. I forgot. All <laughs> right. Forgot. So, 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 May threw a party there, and uh, she put me on a flyer, and she said, "Well, what do you need? What you want me to do to put you out there?" I said, "Just play Crush Groove all night on the big screen." So she did that. So I was like, "Yo, I'm fooling one day." So went ahead, uh, met my brother. DJ Beef and uh, you know, dope DJ, it's my man. Uh and uh met him and we uh went to borders and we said, All right, you know, <clears throat> he got uh Phases of Black, the DJ company. I got the media situation at the time magazine called So in Print. We need to come together and do something. So we started brainstorming, brainstorming, brainstorming. So somebody put us on to this internet radio. This is back in the day now. Internet radio called Blog Talk Radio. So we talking what, like late 90s? Yeah, late 90s. Um, And uh, we uh, was going from there and was like, all right, we had uh, royalty accounts and stuff like that. We was paying our royalties to the artists that we was, uh, you know, playing their music. And uh, we started that in Newark, Delaware. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, uh, me and DJ Beef had got together again. And uh, so we had uh, met at Borders. Borders was a spot. You That's know, where you had, had a little business. It was a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. And you get stuff a cookie. Mm-hmm. That's where the high sedity black folks, when you was, if, if, if you were serious about your business, you met at Borders. That's you know, right. you go there, oh. get a book about what you're going to learn and put it back when you're done. Ain't got to buy it. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then y'all meet there and y'all come together and y'all make it work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, me and DJ, DJ B started a company called uh, Soul Fusion. And uh, so Soul Fusion, you know, I like uh, DJ B's techniques on the ones and twos. So, you know, he was I come with the music. Cause if you don't know, if you ain't got me picking your music, it's trash. So <laughs> I got receipts, <laughs> but no. So uh, you know, after that, and oh yeah, Tuck did ask me to send him some stuff. That's my fault. I've been running behind, so I, I got to send Tuck some stuff. He did reach out. That's my man. You know what I mean? Oh, you so, know. Uh, 
Yeah. So the was like, I respect your ear. No, so you know, after that, um, the popular song I think at the time was Young Jeezy Put On. So me and B loved that song. So we started the show called The Put On Show. And uh, you know, that was our main show. And uh, I had a solar print live where I played a lot of the underground stuff. And uh, that was pretty much um, like uh, mimicking off of Radioactive. They used to come on Prime 89 late at night with DJ Cosmic Kid. And uh, and um, yeah, it was another show that I was, you know, Prime that lane that, you know, B was doing the R&B show and stuff like that. So the put on show, was pretty much like a mixture of, you know, the up-tempo uh, indie songs that you don't hear and the songs that you do hear. So we kind of kept a balance, did a lot of gossip. had a uh, gossip column called Ask a Brother, where the females uh, sent me, uh, you know, uh, questions about their relationships. Not that I have good relationships, but <laughs> I give off good advice on what they say. So, <laughs> so it was, you know, pretty funny. And we did a lot of phone interviews and stuff like that. So now I just want to hop in here real quick for the, for some of the mm -hmm. younger listeners. You don't know yeah. how difficult it was to do an internet radio station in the nineties. We didn't have streaming Ooh. services. You, you had to, you had to be part geek part businessman and all hustler you had to because right. Right. you had to have so much gear just to broadcast yep. now right we had uh companies like real player and then there was a couple other companies that like kind of like wow. how twitch real is today player. where you can mm -hmm. broadcast from your location to them and they share it with the world mm -hmm. but it was more right. difficult back then so for him to say we had an internet radio station and we were actually paying royalties that was a lot of work just to get to that point it just wasn't like oh you know i got a webcam i got a computer and i got internet i'm gonna be a radio station it, it wasn't that easy it was a lot involved look i got into that world in like 2008 and even then oh man you already had the carpet set out for you then listen get yeah, but see but still even then you know because i haven't we still didn't have streaming like that and it was mm -hmm. still about bandwidth so who was mm -hmm. going to get the bandwidth and the hardest part is what if the music stops and you're not there what if something goes wrong and you're not because you set right. stuff up to automate and so i can only imagine in the 90s where there was like we were talking about log me in i could mm -hmm. use log me in to get in in 2008 y'all had to go all the way back to wherever y'all like y'all had to be there Whew. and think about this yeah, when yeah. he talked about Ooh. uh myspace uploading videos and pictures was not a click of a button no you had to make sure you had the right oh. codec you had to have that uh, you had to have coding. a certain size. It, it, it was coding. There was a level yeah. of MySpace that was coding. That if you don't know what coding Ooh. is, you don't know that you're coding. Right. But that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just wanted uh. to just drop that for some of the younger listeners, so they'd be like, "Oh, it doesn't sound that hard." But yeah, it was it was hard. <laughs> Cause I I'll share this hey. with you. I had a coworker that he was doing something similar, and I was still kind of DJing. I had to bring all my equipment over to his apartment and we were set up in his bedroom. And when I tell you that he had that stuff held together by duct tape, like we couldn't move certain wires because if it messed up the, if, if it was some sort, some sort of noise or static, we lost the connection. Right. So it's kind of like, the connection would be bad. You know, it was, it was crazy. 
it was crazy. So mm -hmm. that's that's I just had to put that in there to let them know that the stuff that you, Tanae, and B were doing, it was unheard of from three black kids with just the money in their pockets. In Delaware. In Delaware. That was and, and, well, 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 hold on. We didn't have the money, first off. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So don't make it seem like we had some bread, all right? We ain't have no bread. <laughs> we got some stories for y'all, you know what I mean? And we all will come back on there and talk about that journey as well. Um, so I got to tell you a story where you got me cussed out by Marcia Ambrosius while we was doing the interview. I said, if this nigga don't stop playing, you know, Chuck had her cussing me out in the what interview. Did you do? Your mouth, your mouth, your big mouth, didn't you? <laughs> Bro, oh my God, it was the worst. I, I couldn't. She seemed oh, like such man. a sweet woman. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, All I, you had to do was say yes, Tuck. Uh, All you had to do was say yes. <laughs> at the time, she was going through the breakup of Florida, so we, I was getting the exclusives around that time. So you know what I mean. But anyway, that's a whole. That's why I said we and Tuck got to talk about it's, it's some crazy stuff. So she was she was uh, nice. She she took pictures with me and everything. We she need this nice. story now. No, what happened? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't remember. What anyway. Happened. But it, it could be we had possible. sound the market. We had sound the market. So, you know, at this time, um, I just to fast forward, I already interviewed Ghostface, people like that, Capadonna. This the names was growing, you know. Um, so anyway, so you know, I I had um, they said Tuck was there for a lot of things. So Tuck was there, and. Uh, so, you know, I asked Tuck, I was like, yo, uh, you know, who should I get at for certain stuff? So, you know, Tuck was like, I'll do it. And then afterwards, Tuck was like, you know what, man? I'm gonna put you in touch with this dude named Killer Vision. At the time, Killer Vision was just starting, you know? And uh, what's, it, what's his name now, Kev? Uh, Kev, it's, it's uh, Kev. Yeah, no. it's still, he's still Killer Vision. Yeah. yeah. Nah, he changed his name because he, he didn't do stuff with Meek Mill, so he changed it. Yeah. Well, I still yeah, call him Killer Vision. Uh, so do I, John. Like, mm -hmm. just, you know, I've been in the same room or other professional projects, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I got to call him uh, Kev, Kevin. I think it's Kevin Allen, I think. I, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, so Tuck had put me, you know, before he had blew up, Tuck was like, was watching his work, and Tuck was like, I think this dude will be good for you. So, uh, you know, I, I think we did do some stuff with him, and I, I did do some stuff with him. Uh, so anyway, but Tuck did the first one, so Tuck was like, yeah, man, you know, go over there, and you know, I got you, man, you know, it's just, it's this tape that, you know, I got this, this I was looking for uh, the, uh, the hookup, but I got this tape. It's old school, but it's good. I was like, all right, cool. So Tuck over there, he's snapping pictures. He got the camera going. So Tuck was like, come on, Jamil, you slacking. I'm like, yo, don't say this in front of her. <laughs> right? She goes in. Right? So Tuck was saying his stuff. Come on, man. I was like, oh my God. And she was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, man, listen. Oh, yeah, my fault. <laughs> oh, because you put a battery <laughs> so in her anyway, back. Oh, he yeah, was, I was just hyped. Yes, I was like, yo, yo, yo. And she's like, yeah, what's up? And Jamil's like, damn, I love my nigga, but right. yeah, I'm going to have to talk to him. Yo, so look, <laughs> so, so she is putting me in my place, right? 
<laughs> going in on me. <laughs> going in on me and all that, right? So I'm interviewing her. And before I knew it, she just was real calm and everything. So when I got done the interview, everybody clapped, right? Because they saw how she was giving me the business. Oh, come on, there's Sony rep coming over there. Okay, yeah, so are you ready to go? And I'm like, man, this dude got me nervous as I don't know what. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's He's what like, friends yeah, are for. To, <laughs> look, to, to, yeah, to cut your interview short? <laughs> but, but look, but look, he made, she loving him. Yeah, 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 Marsha. Since you doing this, since you doing that, let me get that pick real fast. I'm like, nigga. Right? <laughs> Yo, I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was straight groupie mode. I love her. I love her, man. Yo, yo, I was straight yo, groupie like, mode. And when she took that picture, I was like, yo, my mom gonna love this. She's like, oh, let's take another one for mom. I'm like, baby. Yeah, so, so, so look, I'm like, man, this dude here. I said, this dude, right? So I'm like, hold up, right? So then I'm looking at him like, how you, so I, you know, I go over to him. How you think the interview was? Stuck. Oh man, oh man, it was cool, man. It was cool. It was this, I was like, man. I said, what are you doing, man? <laughs> oh man, she wasn't worried about that, man. She was. <laughs> and Jamil was like, said, yes, she was. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, I was like, yes, she was, man. But I mean, um, what it, that taught me was, um, when, 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 you know, the artist is ready, they ready. And I can interview from the drop of a dime. Like, I mean, and um, it was partly due to the fact that I used to stutter as a child. And uh, so uh, for me to interview anyone, for me to give anyone any eye contact, and for me to do anything like that was just amazing. You know, so, um, and whenever you're talking about something that you love, people are going to listen because you're going to be that passionate about it that they're going to want to hear what you're saying. Yeah, because that, that, that I appreciate because you know what? And so the people, the listeners and everything know, yes, he did hire me back. And yes, I did future things with Soul Imprint long after that oh, Marsha Ambrosius fiasco. Man. But did Marsha yeah, Ambrosius yeah. hire him back? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Tucker's uh, definitely been with us on some some serious situations. Like, he, yeah, Tuck got some cringe now. Like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, everybody that did stuff with us, we just wanted to make sure that they had cringe. So, anyway, uh, so moving on, uh, Tuck, uh, you know, we, uh, had we had a successful business downtown on Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we had a radio station down there, a, a live uh, internet uh, radio station down at the, uh, and where people can come, people will come there, do shows. Uh, at the time, we was in competition with one on one point seven. So um, you know, and it was much respected. Them, we just uh, at the time people didn't understand what we was doing and everybody was on a dial and what I want to say is you can't always uh, figure because of whatever is popular that that's what it is right now because we were ahead of the game they were stuck on the dial and whenever somebody new coming in the door of course they're going to close the doors on them because they automatically think that okay this isn't it so everybody automatically flocked to the dial 
and you know we didn't even know our power as well mm. so you know as with all of uh, different companies that we're not they don't see eye to eye within the people at the top uh you know we started having turmoil um and things started falling apart um <clears throat> due to the fact of you know me not understanding some things uh djb not understanding some things and uh, they being the mediator and uh so when that happened uh, you know it was my choice to leave and it was my choice and uh you know uh when that happened i went into a deep depression and uh, i went to a deep depression and i didn't want to do anything anymore and uh so i was just doing stuff here and there here and there and uh you know after that um chuck was a uh was a big inspiration for me to keep going and uh so he was just like you know there the whole time come on man you can't stop you can't do this you can't do that and you know i just wanted to go ahead and just do what i wanted to do and uh you know life's path and life energy didn't let it be that way so then tough so then i came across my business partner shana veasley and shana veasley came along and added a lot to the game so at the time it was audio um you know audio was going out and video was coming in so uh you know one of my um the last things that happened when I was with Soul Fusion was we were so stuck on um, audio that Daryl was like, yo, that Marsha thing, because you know, mind you, the Marsha interview never made it up. Really? Tuck. Yeah, never made it up. Oh, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> no, no, that was my fault, bro. That was my fault. So, 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 so anyway, it never made it up. So, you know, the Sony, you know, they were like, yo, what's up? <laughs> so, you know, at the time, the record labels would go to, they still do, but they would go to certain people and they was looking for independence that they wanted to deal with just as well because independence was starting to get a lot of stuff out there. So anyway, you know, they, um, so the lady was like, I'm gonna give you one more chance. So I was like, cool. And to be honest, without Soul Fusion, I felt incomplete. Like, I was just so used to doing stuff with them that, you know, when things didn't, uh, I had to do it all on my own, you know? And um, so that's where um, Shayna, and even still, Shayna wasn't fully there yet. And, uh, you know, so it was this artist. So Daryl King, shout out to Daryl King. Daryl King played a big part and uh, you know, what we were doing as well. Um, but like I said, that's another part that I wanna save. Sound of Market, I wanna save that when we, uh, we you know. When we revisit talk, all this. Talk to the whole, whole soul fusion, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it'll all come together and make sense when that gets revisited. So anyway, um, there was an artist. So Daryl was like, look, man, um, I got some people that's coming at me, man. And uh, they want this artist interview. So I was like, all right, uh, who, you know, he said, yeah, so they're gonna be here. Jay-Z is interested in this artist and he's getting ready to sign this artist. He just wants him to finish college. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, bam, 
So Daryl set everything up. They were, the artist was performing at Penn's Landing. They was having a full concert. That's when they did the concerts at Penn's Landing. And the electric company were back, uh, you know, all of the concerts up. Uh, what, I'm not sure if it's Pico out that way or whatever. So anyway, they did that. And uh, I'm asking people around, like, yo, you know, you know, anybody that could record this for me or anything? So, you know, one of my dudes that was in my circle was like, yo, man, why you want piece of my recorded if you can't do audio and it ain't gonna be right? I, I wouldn't go that route. So I was like, uh, yeah, you right. So when the time came and went, I never showed up to the concert. Now, mind you, Rockefeller was calling our office at the time. Rockefeller, when Jay-Z had went to Sony, he had left their regular uh, thing that he had going on uh, with Dane, and it was during his breakup. So his people was calling the office, you know, because at the mm -hmm. time, he was yeah, the hot cats around the way. And so anyway, when that happened, uh, you know, never showed up, right? So I called Daryl. Daryl was like, how was it? <laughs> I said, I didn't go. He said, you ain't go. <laughs> I said, no. He was like, oh, man, right? So I called the uh, lady from Sony. She picked up my call that time. And whenever you get that call where they say they're going to call you back, they ain't calling you back. Uh, so, um, boom. So she had went from a college being in charge of the colleges to actual being one of the big people at the label. So then Jay Z comes out and said he signed him, and the artist is J. Cole. So I knew it. Hmm. I knew it. I could, the second you said he was waiting for him to finish college, I was like, it gotta be yeah, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, you know, she was told me that, you know, they was looking for some people for the team and stuff like that. So, you know, she was like, this go good. You know, you'll be able to do stuff with Sony and you'll be able to do stuff with them. So I was like, cool. You know, at the time I was scared. I was scared to do it on my own. You know, I was scared of my own success or what it could be. And, uh, you know, thinking, oh, I got to go over here and beg these people to do this and beg these people to do that. And, uh, you know, it's funny, me and DJ B was just laughing about it the other day. Like, yo, you should have did that, man. So that was that was pretty funny. So that's great. I never together. And I remember when Shayna came aboard and mm -hmm. me and her used to always talk shop. Now, people that know me know that I don't have a great area. I just accept you or I don't like you. And me and Shayna hit it right <laughs> off like brother and sister. And right. we went at it like brother and sister. <laughs> oh my God. But so through, through, go through ahead, all ahead, that, through all that, we become very close and very good friends and stuff. And one thing I could actually say was that Shayna has always been receptive to any advice or suggestions when it came to working with a camera because she used to ask me a lot of whole, a whole lot of questions. And she used to call herself what fake camera chick or something like that. Fake camera, fake, fake camera girl production. Yeah, but she got dope very quickly. Cause like she just grabbed oh, onto it quick. and 
you know, it, it got to the point that when I had to throttle back because of things I was doing, she was able to fill the void like that, mm. like nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, that was she a had beautiful to. thing. Yeah, she had to. And uh, so when that happened, you know, me and Shane had a meeting and we was like, look, you know, she came along. Um, so my mom had passed at the time. So it was like, all right, you know, I really didn't want to do nothing else then. So, um, you know, I was like, all right. So by this time, me and Tuck had, entered, you know, this stuff with mindless behavior. Like the names would just went on and on and on, you know. So um, anyway, I was like, all right, <clears throat> it's time for Solar Imprint to step out on his own and really do this. So Shannon came along, Shannon was like, look, what do you want to do? And at the time, also young folks or people have your goals set out. Mm. It's nothing more frustrating than not knowing what you want to do, not knowing your target audience. I used to say, oh, well, everybody, I wanted everybody to listen to my music. No, you don't want everybody to listen to your stuff. You want a certain target audience to listen to your stuff. You want to know where you're going to start, which areas you're going to start in. You just want to go from there. It just makes it uh, less confusing and you kind of know what target audience in your fan base. You, you should already know that before you start. So those are the things that she was just trying to pull out of me all the time. It didn't work. God bless her, because it was just so confusing. And dealing with, like, uh, artsy people or whatever can be, like, so confusing, because we don't know what the hell we're doing. We just know we got the idea. So, and uh, well, from there, uh, we started out uh, still doing stuff with Daryl King, but then we branched out to other places, and we started doing stuff at World Cafe Live, downtown Wilmington. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to bring it back to Wilmington, bring it home and uh, start doing stuff there. We wanted to be known for, uh, you know, different things uh, to be done in our area. So, uh, mind you, I heard this stuff with uh, All Hip Hop. Shout out to All Hip Hop. They were one of the inspirations for me. Grouchy Greg and Chuck have been very uh, receptive to me. Uh, Grouchy Greg, another interview that skipped. So me, so it was a place downtown called Conley Wards. So Grouchy Greg was like, yo, I hit him up on my space. I was like, yo, man, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. I'm trying to do an interview with you. So he was like, all right, cool. Come down to Conley Wards. If you don't know all hip hop, he's won the BT Awards and MT Awards, MTV Awards, but years upon years uh you know Sandra Sims used somebody in the background Chuck Creek Mayor like they are staples for our area and staples for uh internet media as a whole like shout out to all hip hop that's one of my favorites like one of my I still follow them dudes to this day those dudes are guys to me you know and uh, have been very receptive, especially Grouchy Greg. You know, me and Chuck are, you know, we go back and forth now, but Grouchy was like there, like I would approach him on a constant basis. 
So anyway, uh, Grouchy, I had, he said, come to Conley Wars. So, you know, if you know Grouchy, Grouchy likes to have fun and everything like that. And, you know, he's a people's person. So I'm great waiting to interview Grouchy Greg. And uh, I had this little camera. That interview never came out as well. Grouchy asked me for that interview recently. He's like, yo, man, where the interview at, man? I was like, bro, I don't even know. He was like, oh, man, we got to find an interview, right? So it never came out. So anyway, uh, Grouchy was at Conley Wars, and he was partying and everything, uh, just chilling and, you know, networking. And uh, I'm sitting over there for hours. So I'm like, man, I don't think this interview is going to pop off. I said, man, I, I, I hope he didn't do me like that. So after, uh, you know, I think like it was like an hour or two, Grouch said, you ready? I was like, oh, stuff, we really going to do this. <laughs> so we go sit at the table. He said, what you want to know? I'm open book. And when I tell you this dude told me how he made his first dollar, like told me the whole open book like he held nothing back like he told me where he went he told me how he did it everything and i've you know been so grateful that i got you know he's he, he's a really good good dude so anyway as he was telling me about the queen wants to start doing interviews at the queen and all that so i was like cool so it was people that was coming through um you know and also on a separate note um, Soul Future was doing stuff at the Queen too, so it was good. You know what I mean? At the time, we wasn't still see it eye to eye, but you know it was just still good to see both entities still moving. You know, mm -hmm. so after that, um, yeah, started doing uh, interviews at um, over at the Queen, and then it was another artist from Delaware named Hezekiah. So you know. Uh, did uh, something with Hezekiah when he, you know, it was his last project that he was on Raucous uh, because, you know, a lot of people don't know um, Questlove took Hezekiah into Raucous Records and was like, you know, Raucous was all about to go bankrupt and Hezekiah was one of the people that saved their company from going bankrupt mm. you know, so, I started getting my name out there more and more and more and uh, so Shana came back to the table was like, all right, we just running around interviewing all these people. Where are we going from here? And, you know, you know, Shana ain't the easiest person to get along with. <laughs> you just thinking we interviewing people, we doing this, we doing that. Okay, we good. But she was more the business side and how can we make this more, uh, how can we make this into dollars? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, man. I heard. Uh, I've uh, I had some great right. adventures with you guys, and let me share this with the with the with the public. When okay, okay, when Soul Imprint used to hire me to ride with them up to New York to you know photograph their interviews and things like that, I was a nervous fucking wreck. I was really? nervous because Jamil is that, like a bro. brother. Shayna was looking up to me like I was the guru. Man, I was nervous. I was so nervous that I used to sit in the back of the truck, put headphones he on sure and like play rock music, like heavy metal and stuff, just to kind of get myself in 
a hyped up zone. Cause Jamel be like, yo, you don't want to check this out? I'm like, nah, I'm concentrating on something. <laughs> so one day when he was changing the songs, he's like, what the hell is Tuck listening to? Like, yo, I was really like listening cause I was nervous. Cause I was treating like every time with Soul Imprint was like a wedding. I don't get a second chance. You can't tell an artist like, oh, mm-hmm. you're blank. Let me get another picture. Now I have to be on. Right. Yeah. And I had to throttle back my excitement mm-hmm. because when we mm-hmm. met, um, uh, man, her name is Ed Rosen. Nah, 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 Ooh. nah. Part Jean. Oh man. When we Jean met Jean, yes. I was so hyped to meet her because my buddy, my best friend in college used to have, he used to have a crush on her and he was an artist. So he used to draw pictures and stuff. You should have seen me fiddling with my phone, trying to get him to text me the picture that he drew of her that I could show her. Mind you, this is about 11 o'clock at night and dude was probably asleep. So I'm texting him. So he managed to send it to me. And I showed it to her and she was like, oh, that's sweet and everything like that and walked off. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, I think I played myself. I wasn't trying to hit on her right. or like that. It was just, right. yo, my right. boy loves you this and that. And she was like, oh, that's nice. He did a real good job and just walked off. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And, but and, the and, good thing about it ahead, is that everybody I met through Soul Imprint I still follow on social media. They follow back and we have exchanges and stuff like that. So it was definitely a good experience, especially meeting Eric Robeson. And I actually had a chance after Jamil's interview to sit and talk with his father and his father Mm -hmm. dropped some jewels on me that to this Mm -hmm. day, I still work my life according to those gems he dropped on me. I'm not going to go through it now because some of it's kind of personal Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But you know, Mm -hmm. he, he was, he was a godsend. The universe knew I was needing that knowledge and he was there to give it to me. So I'm forever in Eric Roberson's debt forever. Right. And like his dad might not even remember it, but it was the world to me. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. When we so, was at the um, um you know. champagne bubble place, the bubble lounge Hold or whatever, on. before it closed. Remember we was interviewing in the basement at the now, bubble lounge. That right there, that was crazy because that was that was Eric Roberson's uh Mr. Like, nice Guy. That was uh, no more yeah, Mr. Nice Guy. That was a big release for him. And uh, you know, he, that that's something that he did with uh Purpose Music Group with George uh mm-hmm. George Little John. And uh, George Little John, they they do a lot of stuff distribution for Sony and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I had already interviewed. Uh, so George was like, "Yo, man," he called me. What you doing? I said nothing, and I don't know why George called me. And George was like, "Yo, man, you still interviewing?" And I was like, "No. Why not?" I said, "I don't want to do it no more." <laughs> and he was like, "Are you serious?" And you know, I was just good with okay. I interviewed Ghostface, you know. I interviewed Capadonna. I interviewed, uh, uh, you know, the dudes from All Hip Hop. I, you know, I interviewed the, uh, one of the presidents from G Unit. I'll talk about that when we get Soul Fusion on. Uh, you know, it was just 
I, I was good with the people I interviewed already. Mm-hmm. I interviewed the Whispers. I interviewed, you know, uh, I was good with that. I'm, I'm good. So he was like, you can't stop there, man. So they had, um, it was the Wawa thing that they had going on that, uh, downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> so George was like, yo, go down there and interview Kendrick Family Soul for me. Mm. At the time, it was it was the last minute. I ain't going to uh, go hard on my man, George, but he, <laughs> I guess somebody might have pulled out on him. <laughs> and, you know, it's cool. I'll take them interviews, too. And um, so I couldn't do it at the time. So he was like, you know what? I did call you at the last minute. Uh, can you be in New York at uh, BB, uh, BB King's? So I was like, yeah. He said, that's when they're going to be doing a big concert. So boom. So I already interviewed them. Uh, me and Shana met Jay Leno. Uh, you know, Jeff Bradshaw. It was a really dope concert. So we was just starting to get back and forth to New York, and that's what we wanted. Uh, you know, shout out to Jer- Daryl King for introducing me to George because you know, without the Philly market, I wouldn't have ever made it to New York. Mm-hmm. So um, boom. So. Uh, George had put out that album for Kendrick where Kendrick had Snoop Dogg on it. So that was a really dope project for them. And then they were just leaving Hidden Beach. Uh, you know, a lot of horror stories of Hidden Beach, how they were throwing them and stuff like that. Then after that, you know, he had this something like one project with Eric Roberson. And mind you, when George do, when Purpose Music Group do a project with you, it's probably like one of the best projects out of your catalog. So um, we snatched up Tuck, Tuck in the back, chilling. He acting like, you know, I'm like, Tuck, you all right? Now, mind you, if you are in a truck traveling with me to New York, I purposely will make playlists just to see everybody head now while we're on our way to New York. <laughs> so that meant a lot to me. So I'm looking back at Tuck, like, yo, you hear this? You don't like this? Oh, nah, nah, fam. I'm back here listening to my stuff. Man. So, you know, I had to hit him with this nigga. Right? So I hit him like this nigga. I was trying to get in the zone, right. bro. Right, he was back there listening to that. <laughs> Do hot yeah. stage and sh- like, like heavy metal heart. Yeah. Nah, he, he probably was back there listening to some soft rock, some white snake and stuff like that from MTV <laughs> days. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was all over. Oh, yeah, right. One one trip, I listened right. to Creed all the way up. Wow. And right. then listened so, to Disturb all the way back down. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just, look, I'm, I'm pulling out some exclusive stuff because, you know, I was known for bringing out exclusive stuff. Like my hip hop shows with, you know, in, a, in a, the put on show with the Soul Fusion whole situation was known for those type of shows. Like, you know, where people was like, what's that? I gave you rarities, you know? The, the so, B-sides and remixes. The yeah, B-sides, stuff, stuff you never heard of, like crazy stuff, like, you know, I will put you on to some stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I was one of the first people to even bring an interview of, of foreign exchange to our area, interview Fonte, Derry, all them people. Like, I had them on the phone at my mom's house. So, I mean, and, you know, wrote a review on them and stuff like that and had them on our show, you know? So, I mean, 
uh, and actually meeting them during the minstrel show, and they knew who I was. That was real crazy, you know. So um, anyway, we got there, and uh, you had us, and you had Essence Magazine. So George threw us first uh, before Essence Magazine. He's like, all right, hold up, Essence. They going, let them go first. So the pressure was on. So Tuck, like Tuck, took like three hundred pictures that night. I felt like I was. I uh, had my Yankee cap twisted, had my button-up shirt on. I was real Jay-Z uh, at the time, button-up, Yankee cap turned to the side. I was, uh, you know, felt like a star. And, uh, you know, Tuck um, had uh, his photography was on point. And, uh, and you know, Tuck got a chance to meet Chubb Rock. Uh, yeah. Chubb Rock was there. And uh, it was quite a few people. So from that experience of how professional Tuck was, I ended up getting asked to come back uh, to uh, Eric Roberson's first single, Back to Brooklyn. Uh, and I was in Eric Roberson's first video wow. uh, with Chubb Rock and everything. So we was in Brooklyn uh, where they, because uh, it was a remake of, um, of uh, you know, uh, Do the Right Thing. And I met Tracy Lee. I met a lot of uh, celebrities. And after that, you know, um, me and DJ Beef was in the same place. And it felt kind of awkward because I was just like, all right, I'm supposed to be here with this dude, but we're here separately. You know what I mean? And uh, we never showed any disrespect. You know, it just felt odd. Like, damn, dude, this was the trip that we were supposed to be making together. Mm-hmm. But us being immature and everything like that. So, you know, he was there and he, you know, got some... You know, he was in the video as well, and we still weren't paying attention to the signs that God was giving us right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just so crazy that we could have did more collectively, um, you know, there working with each other. And uh, it was crazy when he interviewed somebody, he inter- actually interviewed somebody, and I held the camera for him. Mm. And it was just like, yo, I held the camera, and I was just like, it was odd because, you know, I was like, I wanted to give him some pointers or some stuff I would have did and stuff like that. But I was like, you can't do that no more, bro. Y'all not together. And, mm. you know, it was just odd, you know. And, uh, you know, I was just like, and, you know, people was like, oh, so y'all, I heard about y'all two together. And it just made us look real crazy as a, as a state, you know, mm. that knowing that, okay. So how are y'all guys I now? Oh, bro, we great Soul Fusion. Oh, am I? I guess. Yeah, we great start Soul Fusion back up. That's what's up. That's great news, man. That's great news. Yeah, and you know, DJ Beef just had a. Uh, he just got his kidney. Uh, you know, his kidney kidney transplant. So that went really well. So he's recovering from that real well. But uh, you know, even before that, you know, this is where people got to understand that everything isn't for social media. You know, the reason why people can't go back and talk to each other is because of social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, put your business out there and then, you know, Pete, like social media has an expectancy for things to have to come to uh, light at a certain time. Or if something, if you over here doing this, oh, you see this? You see this, DJ B? You see this? Well, you see B doing this? You see? No. So when we talk, we have been talking for years, you know, we have been talking even when my mom passed, but we hadn't where we are now. 
um, you know, to the point where we actually talk, talk, you know. Um, and uh, we told each other we was going to go to Paris together, buy sneakers, and listen to music. So that was it right there. We, you know, so boom. So then, uh, you know, his mom passed. His mom was a big part in uh, what we were doing. So we really came, got close then. And, um, you know, I found out some things that I didn't know, uh, things that I should have sat down and talked to him about at the time. And we probably would still be a whole company, you know. And, uh, you know, but you know how we are. We go at our corners and we don't say nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, you know, we got some things coming up with me and DJ B. We're going to be doing some music stuff together. And uh, we're going to be putting out our own individual stuff as well as our stuff we doing collectively. So, oh, that's and, what's uh, up, man. So we, that's dope. Yeah, we get made, we get at back at the table, and, uh, you know, do some stuff with my brother Tuck, do some stuff with my man DJ Nitty Gritty, you know what I mean? So it's a lot of, you know, quite a few outlets, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go rock out with my fam. It's amazing the things that can be resolved by a conversation. Like, all that time, Correct. all that stuff that has you know that has passed you know and it sounds like it just needed you know the right convo at the right time to kind of bring y'all back together where y'all needed to be men need to be men you can't expect other people to come pull people together women can't do it men need to be men whether y'all gotta go in the room and close the door and fight and then y'all go buy each other dinner afterwards because instead you know men need to be men or whether it's the talk, whether y'all got to cuss each other out, or you got to tell each other you're tripping. Men need to be men. Men don't know how to talk to each other because the men that they see that raise them don't know how to talk to people as well. and don't know how to right. talk to them. So you automatically think that you're supposed to go in your corner and not, you know, when you start something, either you're going to end it in a good way and y'all going to agree to go separately or y'all just need to sit down and ride this shit out. You know, and yeah. uh, a lot of times now, yeah. I think people get a little too sensitive, especially it goes back to your point of social media, because because if me and you could sit down and we could even, you know, as men come come figure out our differences, whether it be going into the back, you know, what I mean, get, get, it is what it is and then and being fine with each other. But now the world, right. you know, once you put it to the masses, it now feels like, oh, now my ego is even more. My pride is even more involved. So, you know, that's why I just, I just applaud you all for being able to kind of get be able to have that conversation and get past that. And that's what's up. Yeah, because because, you know. At, at this point, it's not even about us no more. It's about legacy now. And it's about having, uh, you know, the music, um, a music legacy uh, of all parts, not just people wanting to be rappers. I never wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to be Fat Five Freddy. Mm. So, and, uh, and you know, that's the person that I looked up to. I would run home after school every day. I wanted to be Fat Five Freddy, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you got people that just want to be DJs. You got people that just want to be personalities. Mm -hmm. So the lanes have to be open for those people. And, you know, we were some of the people, we were some some pillars in our community that started that, that spread it out in different places. I mean, DJ B interviewed Meek Mill, you know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, he, he got courage too, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, and, and I mean, 
the, the, the dude is dope. He's amazing. He's a he's an amazing brother. And uh, you know, all these people they need to come and those communities and come together and and uh, you know, make something work where we can put on for our city. Just like Griselda did for Buffalo, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But yo, man, I appreciate man. you taking your time out, though, man. You know to to come so, through. You know yeah, we. You know yeah, yeah. when I interview Erica Badu, um, she taught me something. You, by the way, um, you casually said that. By the way, like out of all the names you 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 said the whole show right now, close to the end, you like yeah. So Erica Badu, what? <laughs> bro, listen, I haven't even told. I haven't even said half of the names. I gotta save. I gotta save it. It gotta go right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, but I interviewed Erica Badu. Uh, what did she know, teach you? I, uh, well, at the time, Erica Badu wasn't interviewing anybody because they was changing her and switching her shit up. So, um, and, uh, you know, people just be interested in the names that I interviewed and stuff like that. And just, you know, throw a picture up or whatever. And just be like, you know, find a picture and throw it up and had a name on it and shit like that. Like, I ain't with that, you know? I want, it, it's a history behind it and it's jewels and gems that could be taught. Just like Chuck got taught some things, I got taught some things. So anyway, she just didn't interview anybody. So, you know, uh, we did a short documentary on her bodyguard uh, and she happened to be in it. And uh, it was so funny that she was like, yeah, I'm not interviewing. And he was like, please. And she was like, no, I'm not in it. I don't know him. Mm. And so she was just like not doing it the whole time. And when I tell you, I ain't Erica, but whatever y'all see on TV, Erica Badu in person is even better. Like mm. it's dumbed down. Erica Badu is beautiful all the way to her pinky toe. Mm. So, and, um, she has a lot of control over all the men that run with her. So you, you and, saw what happened to Andre 3000. You see, listen, they, she changed oh him. DOC, she changes you. Okay. But, 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 but not only that, she got him disciplined. Like she put him through some training or some, mm. get some security training or something. Like it's that discipline with her, where, um, you know, and everything, it was no chaos. Everything was smooth. Everything was straight. Um, you know, and her assistant, the gay dude, she even had him disciplined. Uh, you know, the females in there, the females that, that was in there. Yeah, you I know, can't wait till we like, go to the bones on this one. <laughs> oh, bro, so, so bro, it, it was crazy. Shayna laughed in her face. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And I snapped on Shayna like, what you laughing in her face for? She said, it's funny. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, oh, so, but, but, but yeah, she, Erica Badu taught me to be selective with who I talk to and, uh, because everything ain't good. So, okay. and, uh, you know, I've been holding these stories for a long time and, uh, I just want to make sure that it went out to the right people. Uh, so we, uh, yeah. of course, we, you know, we from Wilmington, um, you know, Delaware, and you know, it connects in Philly as well. Um, you know, we we uh, produced and shot Detronada's first video for a single with Jermaine Dupri on the intro. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's crazy how that started. So, 
uh, we said we worked with Fred the Godson before he passed. Uh, mm. You know, we just did some stuff for Nas. Mm. The behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah, so, man. I can't wait till your book and movie come out. Yeah. I thought I was going to have a good book and movie. <laughs> for like a, yeah, a did, lifetime. If you're going to do a story on us, <laughs> do mine first because his is going to shut it down. <laughs> lifetime did Salt and Pepper. Yeah. BET did Bobby Brown. You want yeah. BET. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And then, and then we uh, we just did some stuff for Chris Brown. People. This is that, just oh, this summer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Man, so, so you've been uh, busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go on the road, you know, it created a handsome salary for me. And then afterwards, you know, I, uh, you know, co come back home and uh, try to make it happen. And uh, it's an actual artist, uh, a hip hop artist out of Delaware, east side of Delaware, that we actually put this project out. We got to shoot a video for. His name is Corey Dene, um, dope lyricist, all of that you know and uh yeah we just working you know still you know working and keeping it going we got a studio we got the media company uh yeah just did something with the uh dude that uh uh won the grammy for the uh uh m m's godzilla teller uh you know he working with you know my dude right now and yeah we just Still grinding, you know. I'm probably gonna, I'm not gonna stop until I die. So yeah, yeah. so it's going. So, but shout out the board indeed. Uh, even if I could come on here and just say a corny joke, or you need me to beatbox, or whatever, <laughs> or <laughs> y'all need my opinion. Y'all need my Lord Jamar. Y'all need my Lord opinion on something. Y'all mm. got me, man. Y'all got me. Yeah, right about that. Yeah, so everybody, yeah, me, so. new episodes each and every Thursday. All our social media is under Board and DE. And until next time, this is Tuck Jarrell and our special guest, Mr. Soul Imprint. Yo, peace, everybody. Peace. Peace. Soul Imprint's boardroom, if okay. that makes sense. Mm. All right. So, welcome to this boardroom. Uh, the way that we got here it came from a lot of hard work, sweat, tears, and no fear. See, when we stepped in, whew, what is it? Probably like 94, 95. They didn't think that we would be this kind of weapon. They didn't think that we would detonate like this. They didn't understand how hard it would take to make this, especially being nothing less than conversationalists. It was something about the way that we talked to them. Something about the way that we became what we wanted to be when all we aspired to be was Fat Five Freddy. I don't think y'all hear me. Yeah. It was something about how it felt to have that mic in my hand and speak to the world. And I'm talking about everybody from Cappadonna to Ghostface if we talking to Wu-Tang Clan, and I am. <laughs> Once again, if I take you to where the story began, it's so hard to fit it in just 40 minutes, 60 minutes, an hour and a half. So you can do the math on that as this time begins to pass. I will just tell you about the past because I've had that same fallout separated from your man. Ha had that same point where you had to have that conversation in the back room because social media can taint where your future is. You know how that feels. Mm. I'm just being so real. Mm. While y'all was so captivated staring at the cover of the pages of a gangster grill, I was making sure that I was writing and saying the words that gangsters feel. It's different. Mm. So mm. hope that y'all can take this moment in this experience and understand what we doing. Because when you step into so in Prince Boardroom, you'll feel that soul fusion.
Thank you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, or, or, or should I be doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 